Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and I have built a set of mathematical models named Sideline to predict various sports outcomes. Hear more about the models in the course of this episode. Set to cover five major league baseball games set to be played on Tuesday, June 6th, 2023. In case you're new here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com slash new. For some explanations and community rules, reminder, if you're interested in projections and picks for every single game along with the a plus play of the day sign up on dub club cost under one dollar per day that sign up link is in the show description remember that sports are unpredictable so the discussion on this show projects a typical game does not try to forecast it to a t as it'd be a foolish and impossible goal we take a long-term view around here and the way that i like to explain it and the way that i think you should approach all of your sports betting is by assigning probabilities to events what does that mean if they were to play the game a hundred times how many times does one team win? how many times does one team cover the run line how many times does total go over think about it, out of a hundred times and and that's what we're doing here with my model. You can use other models. You can combine models. You can do whatever you want. But that, I think, is the appropriate way to try to figure out, should we play something at minus 140? Should we play it at minus 160? Sometimes the answer is yes to both. No to both. Yes to minus 140, but not minus 160. How we figure that out is by thinking about it in the long term. Yes, I'm well aware they're only going to play the game one time. Someone will win and someone will lose. But if we're only thinking about yes, someone will win, and yes, someone will lose. That would imply that we should be laying minus 10,000 because someone's going to win. But obviously that's not good, and we all know that. I'm taking it to an extreme silly example to because we all, we all know that, right? So the idea being we're going to anchor ourselves within these probabilities. I'm going to talk about that here on the show. And again, if you want the probabilities that every team wins, according to my modeling for every single game, that information is on side uh, is, is on dub club again that sign up link in the show description but we think about it about these long-term events that's going to lead to good variance and bad variance both but it balances on the long run it's done so far this season and i expect it to keep doing so slow and steady profit is our goal here my goal if you're a break even better is to get you profiting if you're a losing sports better and there are so many out there who are trying to help you become a little bit smarter, get you to break even, just help you out enough so that you don't have to keep putting money in the, in the sports books. All right. I'm just trying to make everybody a little bit better, a little bit smarter, thinking a little bit more that good and bad variance. It's sometimes frustrating. Uh, you know, as a sports better, I'm living the same frustrations y'all are. And as much as I'd like to say, we'll be profitable each and every day. Unfortunately, that's an impossible reality. For any better, but the good news is we have more winning days and losing days, and that's what we're all about here. Unfortunately, no day games on this Tuesday. Uh, we got to fix that, people. But, you know, I, I, so unfortunately, I'm not in charge of that. And probably if you're watching this video, you probably aren't either. Uh, but we would love to have some day games. Unfortunately, we got a bunch of night games here, all crammed into what should be a fun Tuesday night. A lot of good uh, bets to be made. But before we get to that summer miners, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, you'll miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. The way I scale picks, A grade, money line plays will return four units. B grades will return three. C grades will return two. Totals are flat bet. You can see all that information on the screen. It's like flat betting, but a little bit more dynamic than uh, your just traditional flat betting uh, style. But let's get to it. As always, with the picks, with the scaling, with everything, take what you like and leave the rest. 
It'll start off at 7.07 p.m. Eastern here. Astros at the Blue Jays. A fantastic pitching matchup. Hunter Brown for the Astros, a guy y'all have heard me talk about since last year that I think is a fantastic pitcher, and he's lived up to that billing. Advanced metrics suggest he's pitched even better than his 361 would indicate. His grade, according to the model, is a 78. Remember, 100 is average. The lower, the better, and the best pitchers hover in the uh, right around 70. So 78 is pretty good. Of course, for him, the issue in this game is he's going up against Kevin Gaussman, who gets a 68. You've got two fantastic pitchers. Gaussman has been every bit as good as that 276 Sierra. He's a guy I preached early in the season. I said, hey, don't be distracted by the two terrible innings or whatever it was he had that was just a flash in the pan of terrible bad luck. Uh, he is the real deal, and sure enough, ever since, and he has been a lot of fun to back, a lot of fun uh, to be on. We've been on him a lot, and he's been making us a lot of money. That's why I'm mostly holding off on the side for now. We'll talk about that in just a minute, but my main play, my favorite play on this one's the under eight and a half. I think this total is entirely too high. These offenses are both really good, but the model projects 7.9, mainly on the strength of these two starting pitchers. Gaussman has been going deep and he's been pitching fantastic. We get to the Blue Jays, of course, at that point, it shortens their bullpen. They don't only really need to throw a couple guys. That makes it less likely they give up runs. The Astros bullpen has a lot of depth and is really good anyway, and Hunter Brown will get them off on the right foot. I think it's just tremendous pitch. Good offenses, but these are the types of pitching pitchers that can shut down the good offenses. So I think that's under eight and a half is a great play. Total should be honestly model says 7.9. I'd make it seven and a half. I think we're a full run off right here. Model would suggest eight, but even that, I'd still be going under eight. I think that you might push it eight, of course, but I if it was me, I'd hang this number at seven and a half dare people to go under with these pitchers. Um, you know, these offenses can score a lot of runs, but these pitchers and the bullpens that'll be behind them could easily make this a three to one game and it wouldn't surprise anybody. So I'm on the under with regards to the side model says blue Jays minus minus one twenty six. They should be slight favorites. They win 56% of the time. According to the model, why do they win 56% of the time? Part of it's being at home. Part of it is the offense is a little bit better. Part of it is Gaussman's a little bit better. They give a little bit back with the bullpen, but not much. The thing is that the edge that Gaussman has over Brown, small. The offensive edge the Blue Jays have small. Their edges, absolutely, but they're not huge edges in the grand scheme of things. I mean, absolutely, I'd rather have the Blue Jays offense than Kevin Gaussman. Don't get me wrong, but it's not as big of a gap as it would be in a lot of other matchups. Because this Astros offense is still good and Hunter Brown's still good. It's just that the Blue Jays offense and Gaussman's a little bit better. So the Blue Jays should be favored. I don't think you should be favored by as much as they are. Again, model says minus 126. The price I'm seeing right now is Blue Jays minus 141. It's just too high for me. It's, I can't even really think about that. Astros plus 130 right now gets a B grade. It's the side I'd be looking at. I'm not making the pick yet. I'm hoping that the Blue Jays price gets higher and higher and higher. That's going to make the Astros price better and better. So I'm holding off for now. Model says plus 144 an A grade. Another way to look at this would be the run line. Taking the Astros plus one and a half. You're going to have to lay some odds on it. Why is it a good play though? Because the probability that the game ends in a one run victory for either team increases as the total decreases. Those move opposite of each other. So a uh, good chance this could be a one run game as well. Astros might win, could hang around. So the Astros plus one and a half would also be appealing. Again, I'm holding off on the side for now because I just kind of want to see what the number does. But I'm looking Astros. Again, plus 140 would be an automatic play for me at an A grade. Uh, but right now, plus 130, something I'm interested in, but I'm not running to bet. I am running to bet this under eight and a half. I think there's tremendous value in it. I think we can get a low scoring game with two fantastic pitchers. 
7.10 p.m. Eastern, Dodgers at the Reds. Got a double dip for you here. Going to play the Dodgers. Minus 175 is a B grade. And going to play the over 10 as well. With regards to the side, uh, I have a general rule of thumb. If it's Dodgers B grade, I play it. Why? Because Dodgers B grades have done really well. Um, the model has a harder time with really good and really bad teams. We talked about a lot with college football. Uh, when you get the really good teams, it's hard to know exactly how good they are. They just we just don't have, have a lot of data there. We have a lot of data around the mediocre hitters and pitchers, but the teams like the Dodgers have really good hitting, really good pitching. It's just a, a good team. And so when you get out to the end there, I've just noticed the, the B grades and the Dodgers do a lot better. So I, I kind of just tend to play the Dodgers B grade. So minus 175 is a B grade. Why is it a B grade? Model says it should be 178, that they win 64% of the time. Slight value, but enough for me to back them. If you want to look run line, that's a smart play. Anytime the Dodgers are involved when they win, they tend to win by more than one. So rather than play it on the money line, you might split your wage. You might put a little bit more on the run line. That's just something to consider as these Dodgers run lines have just been the one team in baseball over the last more than a year now where it's been smart. If you play them, just play them on the run line. So something to think about there. With the Dodgers. Why should they be such big favorites? It's not based off the starting pitching, which I know may surprise you, but if you've heard me talk about Tony Gonsolin, I'm just not a believer. 177 ERA, he has pitched really well with the results, but the underlying metrics suggest he's been really lucky. He's a guy that I do think, I've talked about a few of these guys, I do think he can outperform his underlying metrics a little bit, just not like this. The advanced metrics his ERA should be around five. So he projects to be a lot worse than this 1.77 ERA going forward. I think he can outperform his peripherals. I think that's going to look more like a three to four ERA, not sub two. So I'm just not a believer in Gonson. I'm not really sure he's that much better than Luke Weaver. And I know... If you look at the ERAs, it's going to really surprise you. Weaver's ERA, 536, but the advanced metrics hit should be in the low fours. Sideline thinks Luke Weaver's the better pitcher here. Is that true? Eh, probably not. Uh, but it's close, and it's rounding error close. And what I mean by that is anytime you get a pitcher teams, whatever, that are like two points apart on my scaling system, it's rounding error. No model, I talked about this yesterday, I'm talking about it a lot, right? No model's precise enough to really have that down accurate. What we're trying to do is get us in the right ballpark. Uh, you know, it goes back to the saying in statistics, right? All models are wrong. Some are useful, right? The model's absolutely wrong. Nothing's, it can't be perfectly right. Is it close enough though? And that's where we found success with it because it's close enough. But the difference between these two pitchers is minimal. And again, I know that's surprising, but look beyond the ERAs and the predictive metrics. The ERA is not very predictive. Does a great job of telling you what did happen, not a great job of telling you what will happen. That's where I think the pitching match appears actually relatively close. Where these teams differ is on offense. The Dodgers' offense is fantastic. The Reds' offense, I think, scores at home because they have a hitter from the ballpark. But otherwise, I'm not a believer in this Reds' offense. Dodgers' bullpen struggled this year. They still got a lot of good pitchers, and I still think that they'll be okay. I think it's been a lot of bad luck. I think they'll be okay. I think the relievers are much better than the Reds. And so once we get past the starting pitcher, the Dodgers have huge edge. I think they should be favored by a little bit more than they are, not by much, minus 175. Good enough for me to play. A grade's minus 160. I doubt we see it. So I'm sticking to B grade here, probably, no matter what happens with this number. And again, you can also look run line. Total projects to be 12.5. We're starting in the summer. This is where I think some of these totals are going to get some really high-scoring games. I'm very comfortable playing the over 10 here. I'm an under-better by principle, but when we talk about this baseball with the drag that it has being lower than the ball that they used last year, as we start getting into the summer months here and hotter weather, wind blowing out, wind's going to be blowing out in this game. 
at 10 to 15 miles an hour to start with. It's going to die down as the night goes on, but that wind, mid-70s temperature in that park, a pop fly is going to seem like a home run here. So I just think there's going to be a lot of runs early and often. If you wanted to play a, a first five, first five over, I think makes a lot of sense as well. Warmer weather, wind blowing out, it's going to be a lot of runs early on. I still think we're going to get runs later because this Reds bullpen isn't very good, but at least by the end of the game, around 70 degrees, a little bit cooler, wind not blowing out as much, it will be a little bit harder to the home run. Not impossible though, but a little bit harder. So I like the over 10. If you're going to play first five, I like the first five over as well. So I just think there's going to be a lot of runs in this one, partially on the fact that, like I said, I just don't think Gonsolin's going to shut them out. I think the Dodgers outscore the Reds rather than the Dodgers outpitch the Reds in this one. And I know those are correlated, but hopefully you understand what I mean when I say that. And then I think it's the offense of the Dodgers that gets it done in a game that they win something like 7-5. to five. Another double dip here, 7, 10 p.m. Eastern Red Sox at the Guardians. Can take the Guardians at minus 118. B-grade value barely. Model says it should be minus 119. Mostly going to take the under. With regards to the side, Shane Bieber versus James Paxton. Bieber's the guy I've been talking about. A little bit of concern with the underlying metrics. Hasn't pitched as well, and the underlying metrics suggest maybe it's been a little bit worse. He's a guy you have to have a little bit of concern with. Uh, but it's not concerned that he's terrible. The concern is, has he gone from great to good? He's still good enough. I think the Guardians at home can win. And the benefit, of course, is he has a great set of relievers behind him. The Red Sox relievers a little bit shakier. And James Paxton getting the ball to start with, I have no idea what we're going to get from him. He's been fantastic or terrible, it seems like. And there's no in-between. Only four starts. Underlying metrics suggest he's been a little bit better than his 426 ERA. Uh, but a guy who just, you just don't know what you're going to get from him. Now, Part of me says anybody can shut down this Guardians offense, and that's absolutely true. That's why I'm also going with the under. I'm making both plays here. I'm not focusing on a team total because I really think we're going to get at least one of the two. I don't think we lose both of them. And so that's why I'm both of them are right around the same odds. It's not like one's you know really crazy odds or anything. I think we can get one of two, if not both. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. And the Guardians at home, I think they win the bullpen battle. That being said, you know, if Bieber struggles, that's the area of concern where both of these picks lose. So just full disclosure, that's the one concern I have. I think at home, though, he fares better. All pitchers pitch better at home. And Bieber's a guy that's, again, my, my thought process on him is he's maybe gone from great to good. And that means that at home, I'm a little bit more comfortable putting a few more of my eggs in his basket than I am on the road. Uh, again, all pitchers pitch better at home. Talked about that a little bit yesterday. So I'm going to hope that he's pitching well enough to keep them in the ball game, tight, low scoring game. Maybe they can pull it out. 118 for the, on the Guardians offers a tiny bit of value. Uh, with regards to that total, model projects 7.2. We're going to be around 70 degrees to start around 60 degrees to close, and the wind will be blowing in at almost 10 miles an hour for the totality of this game. So that wind blowing in is the key in helping it keep uh, helping us keep the ball in the ballpark, low scoring. I see a 3-2 to two type game, maybe 2-2 two to two late, and that's where, again, I like the Guardians to pull it out based off of the strength of their bullpen at the end if we could have a tight game uh, throughout, which is what I think we'll have. Not that I think Paxton's great, but I think he'll be able to do well enough against this subpar Guardians offense. I think Bieber at home, good enough to handle a, a decent Red Sox offense, but not one that's fantastic. One that probably has a slightly bit 
inflated numbers because they play in such a header-friendly ballpark. So I think it's going to be advantage pitchers and all this. That wind's going to help. That park can play pretty pitcher-friendly when wind's blowing in. And so because of that, again, tight, low-scoring game, Guardians pull it out late, I think is more likely than not, which is why I'm putting a little bit of money on that Guardians and, again, focusing on the under as well. 7.20 p.m. Eastern Mets at the Braves. Just take the Braves at minus 153. B-grade value model says it should be minus 165. That they win a little over 62% of the time. Minus 149 is the A grade. So we're almost there. This is a B plus value. If you shop around, once more books are coming out with numbers, if you can get anything really minus 150 or better, it's A grade. So we're almost there. I just love Bryce Elder. I think he's fantastic. I think he's going to continue to outperform his, met- his underlying metrics. But even if he doesn't, the underlying metrics are so strong for this guy. It's not like it's complete... Um, you know, smoke and mirrors. Is he going to hold on to that sub two ERA? Probably not. But I really think that he could have an ERA around three on the season. And that's going to be very, very good. This Mets offense, I keep mentioning it can be very hit or miss against a guy like Bryce Elder on the road. I think it's more likely to be miss for the Mets. Carlos Carrasco, I have zero faith in whatsoever. 574 ERA advanced metrics. So that's pretty spot on. Massive pitching edge for the Braves. The Braves have the better offense. Braves have the better set of relievers. At home, the Braves should be bigger favorites than this. So minus 153, again, B plus value. There's really not much more to say than I like everything on the Braves more than the Mets in this game and they're at home. Does that mean we lay minus 200? No, but in the minus 150s, it's an absolute easy play. In the minus 160s, it's an easy play. If you can find anything in the minus 140s, it's a heavy play. So that's kind of where my head is on this one. Total, nine and a half. Model says 9.7. We should get some Braves runs. Why is that? A, I have no faith in Carlos Carrasco. B, warmer night in Atlanta. Park plays much more hitter-friendly when it gets warmer in the summer. As we've seen in the colder months, this park plays pretty pitcher-friendly. In the warmer months, pretty hitter-friendly. It's one of the more shifty parks in the country based off of how it can play. Mid-80s to start, mid-70s to close, still not cool at night. And the wind projects to be blowing a little bit out, a little bit across. Definitely want to keep an eye on. If it starts blowing across, that projected total is going to drop below 9.5. If it goes to out, that projected total is probably going to jump to 10. So right now it's kind of saying the average of both worlds projecting 9.7. But somewhere between 9.4 and 10 is about where I think it would be if the wind shifts to truly out versus truly across. Right now it looks kind of diagonal. Slight help to the hitters. Not as much as it could be, but it could be absolutely nothing. So something to keep an eye on there is the wind in this one, but nine and a half's really a non-starter for me in this game. Even if the wind were to blow straight out, I'd be happy to go over nine, but nine and a half. There's nine and a half I'm going over on on this Tuesday slate. Not talking about it here on this show. Head over to Dub Club to make sure you hear about that. There's a reason why I'm going over nine and a half on that one. This is a nine and a half that I think for now I'm just letting it pass. Bryce Elder's a good enough pitcher. If that wind's blowing across, I really think the Mets might only score two or three runs, and then I don't want to put all those eggs in the basket of the Braves scoring them all. So if I wanted to play an over at this point, if it doesn't drop to nine, I'd probably be looking more at the Braves team total over rather than the full game, both teams over. And then last one here, a late game for you, 9.40 p.m. Eastern. Mariners at the Padres. Got another double dip for you here. Let's take the Mariners at plus odds, and let's go under seven and a half. The Mariners have been... Man, I good at times this season, bad at times this season, more disappointing than anything, because I think we didn't expect the Mariners to be hovering around 500 at this point. We expected them to be 
you know, competing for the division. So disappointing for the Mariners, but it hasn't been all terrible. It's just been some terrible, uh, especially this weekend in, in Texas. Thankfully, we weren't really on them for that series. We were more on some totals and some Rangers, which was good. I'm back on the Mariners here. I believe in Logan Gilbert, and that's why. Underlying metrics suggest he's pitched better than his 408 ERA should would indicate. And I think he's the better pitcher here. Musgrove's looking better. Absolutely. I think Musgrove's getting back in form. That's why I like the under. I think both of these pitchers are good, but I think the Mariners offer a little bit of value at plus odds because I think this is a pretty coin tossy type game. And so that's why I like the plus 110 model. So it should be Padres minus 107. The Mariners win this a little bit more than 48% of the time. When you're that close to a coin toss, plus 110 is worth a little bit of investment. B grade, I'm not putting a ton on it. It's not my heaviest play of the day. But I think we're going to be at this point where it, it, it looks like a game, if I had to guess, where I'd say we're talking about a 3-2, to 2-2 two, two to two type game late. Don't know who's going to be ahead. Maybe the Padres are up, but then their bullpen can be a little shaky, as we've seen at times. Mariners' bullpen projects to be a lot better got a chance to pull one out late, whether it, and and like I said, it should be a low scoring close game. So it's one of those where the plus 110 just offers too much value. I can't pass. It's not good enough value to go heavy on though. That's why it's not an A grade model would require plus 119 for that. So we're a full dime away from A grade, but I think Gilbert's the better pitcher between these two. Again, I think Musgrove's going in the right direction. I like him. I roster him in fantasy. mentioned that before. I'm starting him in this game. I think he's going the right direction. Absolutely. But I still think Gilbert's a better pitcher. Mariners relievers better. And the Mariners offense that's been so disappointing hasn't been drastically that much more disappointing than the Padres offense has been. So the one area where the Padres have an edge isn't that big of an edge because their offense also hasn't been that great. So who the heck knows? Let's grab the plus 110. But I love the under here. Been always preaching about these take the under in San Diego. But it holds even truer in a situation like this where the Mariners very rarely seem to win a game where they outscore the opponent in a high-scoring game. Their wins tend to be more low-scoring uh, affairs. Uh, both of these offenses showing up on the same night seems about as rare as a solar eclipse, right? I mean, one of them might, but both of them probably don't. And you got two good starting pitchers in a very pitcher-friendly ballpark. Um, another standard night in San Diego, low 60s for this one. The wind will be blowing out again. So that's another thing to consider as the wind blows out. It's an under that I like a little bit less than some of the unders you've talked previously about it. But I think that's offset by the quality of pitching that we'll have in here. Model says 7.2. I tend to agree. That's why I'm going under 7.5. I'd make this 7. I wouldn't play under 7 because I think seven's a really likely landing spot. I don't think it's worth it. I want the win at 7. I want it to be 3-3 three to three late. It, I, I mean, I want it to be two to nothing late, right? But what you get my point. If it's three to three late, I want to be able to say we got a chance to win, not best I can do is push. So I'm going under seven and a half. But like I said, I think seven's where it should be because even though the wind will be blowing out, these pitchers, I think, are good enough to overcome that. I like what I've seen from Musgrove lately. And Gilbert, I think if you – it's like I've been talking about all show. It seems like a theme here. If you just look at the ERA, you're going to be a little bit misled. He's done better than that. It's been some bad luck, bad sequencing. I still believe in him and think he's a really good pitcher. I think both these pitchers are going to have success. Love the under. And like I said, Mariners plus 110 has a pick that has to be, in my opinion, a small part of your portfolio simply on the, if we can take a bunch of these plus 110, plus 120 type picks that are pretty close to coin tosses, it's slowly but surely going to increase our bankroll. 
And that's all I've got for you here today. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Picks with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can enjoy all the sports betting content provided on this channel. It's right into your feed. We'll be back again with more baseball betting content tomorrow. And until then, as always, best of luck. Remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.